and then the, and then yep, football. Well, welcome back. Pause Up Podcast, episode 21. We gave you a little special last week. We, we did two episodes in one day. A little wild, but it turned out to be some of the best content we put out. We had Ryan Guida on. We had uh, Raja Bell on. And we're back, the three of us here, Jake and Johnny. What's up, guys? Big week coming up for FIU Athletics, especially for baseball. But we do have some football needs to sprinkle in here and there. So this is going to be mainly a baseball-oriented episode. But obviously, there's we got to talk about the other sports. So, mm-hmm. Jake, what's up? Episode twenty one. Yeah, we're, we're uh, a new ten episodes to get through. You know, you 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 said it best. Uh, last week was absolutely crazy. We basically had two parts for episode twenty. The first part was basketball with 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 Raja Bell, who was an awesome guest, and we can't thank Raja enough. He he was super chill. Talked a lot about uh, his time at, at FIU, and then and then the profession, and then the NBA, and then. Then we all of a sudden we uh, Johnny gets a great idea. Let, let, let's go speak to Rhino, and then and then we get Rhino on the show, and he was also a blast. You know, he he, he was also super chill and, and had some great insight on baseball, which is um, again what we're going to talk a bit about today. So uh, that was a super sick. What happened last week? Johnny, yeah, really, by the way, welcome Jonathan Mayer. Yes, I mean honestly, I don't I don't need the, the at this point he's the co-host. Yeah, Jake. give me I can be the the uh, the, the the co-host. He's the co-host. Johnny's the co-host to the co-host. Yeah, there okay. we go. That was the co last week. We, we, were, we were on here for like three hours. Bro, okay, I, I, I get it. So like Kevin Kevin and I are, uh, what is it, uh, Jim Nance and, and, and Tony Romo, and, and you're like Tracy Wolfson, Wolfson on the sidelines? Okay. I'm, I'm like I'm like the guy that fills in for the broadcaster. Like, you know, like, like when the Christmas games, they have like the special – Oh, so you're like um 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 the Marlin the Marlins crew when they bring back Tommy for for yeah you know what <laughs> hey man Tommy Tommy calls a lot of games now yeah. come on no no shout out to Tommy the goat the yeah. goat yeah he uh, actually I, I shall not say we're not talking about the Marlins though oh my god we're not <laughs> already we're a minute in and we're talking about Marlins it's, yeah no a minute in Jake's getting kicked out of this podcast I'm joking <laughs> all right so um, Johnny FIU baseball man I mean. Yeah, you know oh, we, we we could talk about the UM game. We have to because we haven't been on, but uh, they they basically lose by the most weird way possible. Yeah. The mercy rule, the run. No one knew about this. Yeah, run rule. It was, we want to clear this up. Not a single person in the press box knew that there was a run rule, um, rule basically a mercy mm-hmm. rule in this game. And there's probably gonna be one tomorrow when we when we preview this. But they did end up losing ten to zero. FIU, uh, Joel Pinheiro basically was holding it down throughout most of the game. I spoke to coach after the game. I asked him how much longer it would have let him go. He said, you know, he, he, he probably could have gone, but, you know, matchups and we don't want to risk it with Tommy John. We just want to we want to bring him back little by little. That's why he ended up, you know, taking off Pinheiro, who was doing very well. And then after that, the bullpen basically, you know, they blew it up. But Johnny, let's talk about the Canes game. We All, all three of us were there. All three of us probably had our mouths, our jaws dropped to the floor when we saw UN greeting, um, you know, basically coming out for the for the handshakes. Yeah, it was and, like it was. That was know, a, go, go, go ahead, Johnny. Oh yeah, I was gonna say 
that that the game itself doesn't doesn't highlight really the the way FIU played. I mean, I mean it was a zero zero ball game to the bottom half of the six. I mean FIU pitching was really good. The offense just they couldn't hit back on last Wednesday, and then you saw what the Hurricanes did. They put what four runs in that sixth inning, and then six yeah. in the uh, or I think it was five and then five each. But yeah, and then Hurricanes ran away with that one, and uh, you know Hurricanes team that's been really good. I think they I think they swept Pittsburgh this past weekend. Um, but for FIU to, to, to bounce back against Charlotte at home this past weekend was really good to see. And now you have a, um, a really the, the most important weekend coming up against you, the, against Rice. We'll talk later on. But uh, mm. before that, tomorrow against the Hurricanes, tomorrow, the fourth installment of the year. And uh, no better. You know, it doesn't matter in conference record, but man, oh, man, if we get a win tomorrow, you know, yeah. make a little upset, ruin a little of their RPI. It, it, it's now been nine straight games yeah. that this Canes team has beaten FIU in baseball. And all I all I really have to say about yesterday uh, or yesterday about um, Wednesday's game against Miami was that, as Johnny alluded to, the first five innings of that game felt pretty much uh, it had the same flow as the uh, the previous game at Coral Gables, where both teams were super competitive, but it felt like no team really had the advantage. FIU's pitching was solid. Their offense was was being held back by Miami's pitching, which was which was also really, really solid. It was a pitcher's duel, just like how the last game turned out. Until the fifth inning when the Canes bats exploded and uh, the rotation for FIU just killed, killed, killed themselves again. Um, it, it was not pretty to see, and... Uh, when they scored um, three runs, when it was three to nothing, I still felt like, okay, FIU is still in this. The bats just need to wake up and they can find a way to get, to get back into this game. When it reached five, nothing, I felt like, okay, can FIU make this game competitive moving forward? But when the sixth, or excuse me, when the seventh inning dropped and the Canes shelled FIU, as you mentioned, none of us expected, the game to be called off just like that. Granted, I think in retrospect, I am happy that it was called off early because I can only imagine how bad, how badly the Canes would have continued in that inning um, to just pour it on FIU. So with all that said, it was a very disappointing. Um, it was, it was disappointing because we, we, we have seen FIU look amazing against this team in the past. Uh, the first two games against the Canes, Probably should have been won by FIU, but to, to see them drop from heaven like this uh, against this team in, in the same stadium in Mark Light Field was it was shock it was unexpected, um, especially for the offense to be shut. This up like this game felt like what we probably expected from the prior games. You know, mm-hmm. we expected UM to come in and basically wreck FIU every single game. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like there's no other way to put it. And this time around, it felt exactly as it should have felt the last three times. FIU in game one in the ninth inning, they blew it. FIU in game two, it literally came down to the final strike. And now in mm-hmm. game three, it felt like it probably should have felt these last couple of days. But you know, the pitching was good. Pinero's been looking better and better. Johnny could attest to that. It's probably someone who I would love to talk to tomorrow. Yeah. But um, yeah, you just gotta, you know, and, and we spoke to Ryan and he said, obviously winning these games are big for them and the confidence that it puts them into, you know, the next, that conference week. But when you look at it, 
these games don't really mean anything. What really matters no. to them is conference week. And we saw right. that against Charlotte this past week. Though, though keep in mind for the Canes, right? Uh, the goals for FIU and Miami are very different. FIU wants to make it to the conference tournament, right? And that's great. What does Miami want to do? They want to get to Omaha, right? And every win for Miami matters. If FIU knocked off the upset against Miami, who knows how many how many ranks the Canes, who I think were 11th at the time when they, when they played FIU, how many ranks they would have fallen against an, uh, against an unranked team out of the blue like FIU, right? So the Canes played like they did not want to have their season spoiled, which means that they played 110%. They gave 110%, and uh, the 10-0 result uh, absolutely made that clear. Yeah, and that's the, that's the, the part where, you know, right now it's a midweek game. You want to kind of – you're not going to put your best guys out there for FIU. They want to get them ready for, for, for Rice. But at the same time, for, for FIU's opportunity, it's a good confidence boost. If they win, they feel really good about playing a Rice team that's been struggling as of late. But for the Miami side – if FIU knocks them off, their RPI goes down. Second of all, they want to host a regional. They, they hosted last year in Coral Gables. That's what they're used to hosting. And now with 11th, they want to host a regional. So if FIU beats them, their RPI goes really down. And they really got to win every game, essentially, if they want to make a run at a regional. Because they can't afford to lose these games. And obviously, the first three have gone the Hurricanes' way. But for an FIU team that, I mean, they played so well against a very good Charlotte team. It was tough to lose yesterday on Sunday for Mother's Day, which FIU had a 4-3 lead. But the Panthers played really well. And Coach Wood alluded to it. He thinks there's something in the air, in the air right now, especially how they came back to win on Saturday, down 3 nothing to win in a walk-off fashion. This team is doing something really nice. Uh-huh. They have pieces. Guys are emerging. Um, but tomorrow will be a fun game to see how FIU plays. If they're able to you know, play like how they did in Game 2 – and if they get the, the result, that's a W. You've got to be really happy for how FIU heads to Houston and really can make some noise. And I said it. If they, they're, this team could play in a one-off. Like if, if they play one game at a time, this team could be really, really scary yeah. in the tournament if they make it. With how consistent FIU's bats are, a, a, any, any one-time game could definitely go their way. Um, if, if the bats are clicking, which for pretty much every game, aside from what we just saw in Miami – the bats have been clicking. By the way, just to clarify, the Canes did not sweep Pitt this past weekend. The Panthers took game two of the uh, of the series. But, yeah, it's looking good for the Canes still um, with a 34-17 and 17 record. Yeah, and then so, something I want to point out with, with the Canes and, and this series is, you know, and something that Johnny alluded to, saying that there's something in the air. That, that kind of feels like the motto right now for this team. I mean – We've heard Brian. I think Brian Loriga said it. Alex Sanchez has said it. Coach Whitten has said it. I mean, if we if we probably spoke to them tomorrow at some point in the in, the, in any interview we talked to them, they're gonna say something is in the air, and it really does feel like that. And we should really highlight someone mm-hmm. who's been kind of killing it for FIU lately, Brian Loriga. What we talk about what he's been doing after a you know he doesn't play too much in the season. He doesn't do much. You know, he's usually a bench bat. But what he's been playing, he's been pretty damn good, and I, he he had that um it was a, he had the homer to take him on yeah. yeah, and the bat it's it wasn't even a bat flip, it was a bat throw, and Bro. Johnny was there, and that was a great call by Johnny there. Thank and you, then yeah. Dante Girardi to 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 walk it oh, off. No. I think that was game one. Oh, game two. Yep, game two. Okay. Yeah, but I would say with Brian Lariga, that was a I mean, obviously how it happened because you know first base of age Figueroa got hurt um, on a hand um, in game number one. You know, he was trying to walk it off, but he left the game. Loriga came in. 
And well, look, Figgy was the guy all year long. He played in, what, all 49 games. Larif comes in, and if I'm correct, it was a 1-2 count. He came into that ball game, had a single, next at bat, it's a home run. He had a great double play in, in game one, and then game two had that huge home run. So, and even had a, a two-run double on yesterday as well. So he had, he had an unbelievable um, weekend this year. And now it comes in where you have a guy in Lariga that's about to get in hot. You can maybe bring back Figgy. You know, you know, obviously Guida, who had some great RBIs yesterday or this past weekend. So things are clicking at the right time. It's a matter of how FIU adjusts against Houston. And, and look, last year FIU got swept by Rice at home to wrap mm-hmm. up the season. But this is a different team. You go to Houston, a Rice team I said before, that's, that's been slipping as a late. But FIU wants to continue to play the high baseball that they have and try to make some noise, which uh, that would be just for how conference play has been for them. If they make it in, you would be really happy and ex- ex- excited for how the first year under head coach Rich Wooden has really gone. And it does yeah. feel like the pitching is clicking for FIU right now, Johnny. I mean, you, the bullpen looks good. I mean, they looked good in that Charlotte series. And just for reference, Johnny, just tell us what FIU exactly has to do to qualify for conference play. If they do qualify, who would they play and how the tournament kind of works? Yeah, so it's the top eight teams. There are 10 teams in the conference. And right now, there's a three-way tie with 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 uh, Rice, UAB, and FIU. They're all every team is seven and twenty. However, the kicker is UAB has the tiebreaker ahead of FIU because they took two to three in Miami back in March. So yeah. really, I think UAB plays FIU. That's one thing. So really, if 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 if, if UAB loses two, FIU wins two. That's 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 the goal. They're in. So you got to think. You got to take two out of three and. Just hope that UAB, um, you know, loses two two in the series. That's the goal if FIU wants to make to the tournament. It's it's, it's mm. possible because um, you know Rice is there. You know they have 18 wins this year. Um, also, the stem of standpoint of FIU and the rebuilding side of things. But uh, basically, that's the case. Just you got to win two, and hopefully UAB can drop two against a very good FAU team. So if UAB takes two out of three, FIU takes two out of three. FIU doesn't well, get it. Well, or 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 if, if or it's the sweep. If FIU sweeps and UAB loses loses at least one game, they're in. So you got to hope for a sweep that guarantees it, really. Or you win two and UAB um, loses one. Or loses and it's still really possible, by the way. FIU could definitely oh, sweep a team like Rice. Oh, I think so for sure. I know you, uh, you Rice has had some really good games. I think they beat Texas Tech earlier in the year in non-conference play, but. They have just, you know, the pitching, pitching, the pitching for for Rice has not looked great. The offense is is very hit or miss for for the, for the Owls ball club. So if I was able to take advantage of the pitching side, and, you know, yeah. their pitching has looked good with how Coach Wooden used the pitchers this weekend. I think it's like it was a, it's a major shot at this. Mm-hmm. Now let's 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 uh, let's not be the optimistic guy for a second, and assume that FIU does not get in. Okay. Now, something we already know is that statistically, and as far as win loss goes, this is already a much better season than than last year. They've won four more games than last year. Would you be willing to say that with a twenty and thirty one record at the moment, regardless of what happens against, especially what happens to, tomorrow, and what happens against Rice, is this season a uh, a success for our brand new coach, uh, Rich Witten? Well. I mean, there's there's different ways you could put it, Jake. You have the way where, yeah, you got more wins. You, you're a better team, technically. Mm-hmm. And then there's the point of we realize that we suck in high leverage situations. Our bullpen can't hold leads. And 
the pitching needs to improve. I have zero issue with the offense, although now you have a lot of guys leaving. We saw each and every guy who we expect to leave. There's Alex Sanchez who's probably going to leave, who's leaving. Mike Rosario's leaving. Those are probably your two corner. You know, those are the that's the heart yeah. of the offense right yeah. there. Well, it's more and about eligibility. Way. So and then yeah, we have Ruben Carpio leaving, Henry, Henry Waller's leaving. Mm-hmm. Johnny, I'm missing a couple relievers there. Yeah, I, uh, I know Mario Fernandez, Kevin Martin. They're they're Kevin graduating. Martin. It depends. Also, you never know if they're graduating. They can always always be available. They have eligibility. These guys as well. So we don't know if the, if they're gonna come back. You know or not. But um, I know those guys are graduating. Congrats to them. Obviously, that's a huge achievement in their part mm-hmm. to, to graduate. But uh, you never know. It's the whole world for the COVID year. You know, guys can can come back for another year. Or so, but uh. Um, you know, there's the draft. I mean, any draft too. Yeah, there's, you never know. Guys can get drafted, and a lot of guys have had some stock this year that's to prove a case of uh, you know trying to get drafted to an MLB team. Yep. So, yeah, in that case, you could say it really wasn't successful just in terms of the pitching. But man, mm-hmm. this they have a lot of work to do. And when I say a lot, it is a lot. And mm-hmm. Johnny and I were talking about you know the transfer portal the other day for baseball, and they lost a pretty stud guy in the portal. Uh, if he throws 99. I'm correct, Johnny. I am Mario Zabala. Yeah, he, yeah. he played on the team this year, but I think he's, if I'm correct, I saw him. He's in the portal, um, which recently that's, he, that's a pretty big loss. That would have been a nice piece to have. And last time I checked, he's still on the roster, but mm-hmm. according to Twitter and I guess his agent, I guess is what we could call it, he's on the portal. So mm-hmm. I thought you could still probably keep him, but highly unlikely when this guy is just dotting 99. But I would say with your question, Jake, about the success, I think it's a big building year. You know, obviously it's it's a time of change. And in, in, in baseball, you got to really adjust to, to having a new roster, having new pitchers maybe that, you, you know, you didn't recruit. But Coach Wooden did an excellent job. You look at how they had the, the non-conference slate. They had, a, what, an eight, seven-eight-game winning streak they had early mm-hmm. in the year. And obviously non-conference play did not go their way. But you could say you could, you, you could take a couple of games, whether it's against Middle Tennessee – I think they should have took a game or game or two. Um, the Miami game, less non-conference, but they should have won game two of that series. Um, yeah. And some other games as well, whether it's UAB. Like FIU, like they can they can play one through nine. It's just some, some things you know, don't go their way and, and high leverage, you said, Kevin. But that's why it's year one, and it's not you know year yeah. two or three. You're, you're, you're going to see what you had, and you build on it next year, whether that's finding guys to transfer portal, which Coach Wooden did an unbelievable job this year. Bringing in a guy like Mike Rosario and Ryan. Oh, Aladar is also graduating. Greg yeah. Aladar too. Or he was pretty all- damn good. Yeah, I think it's. I think he does have a year of eligibility left though. But he's graduating at the moment. We have to think about these guys are done. So, although yeah. I would think a lot of these guys do come back. Like I, I don't know why I feel like Ruben Carpio is going to come back as well as Paladar. There's a couple guys. <laughs> That's that just being hopeful, Kevin. <laughs> I mean, it happens. There's guys with uh, Sanchez and Dante went into the transfer portal and they came back. So, yeah. just saying. But, but and I know that was a different situation, but that's true. But I would say I think this is a very good building block year of success. You find a lot of guys that you know. Last year they were bottom of the league in offense. This year they're top four in the league of offense. So that's that's right there. Obviously, pitching side of things are going to find ways. I know Coach Wooden has gone into the portal, but uh, this is a very good year from a stepping stone in. I'm already excited to see what will go on. The season's not even over yet, but I'm excited <clears> to see even how year two will go based on the progression that this team went mm. on year one. Well, and this is my first year kind of going into the offseason with baseball, Johnny, so just explain 
how to transfer, when the portal begins, when we start seeing this news ramp up of guys leaving, guys joining. Because, I mean, there's still guys that right now are on this team that we're pretty excited to watch. I believe Loriga is still going to be here next season. Oh, yeah. They have Steven Ondina coming back, hopefully. You have Ryan Guida, who's probably going to be their best offensive player if we're looking at projections for next season. Mm-hmm. The pitching still looks good. Yeah, I believe Kabarkas is still there, going to be there. I mean, Biggie. Jack Ritchie, you got to feel pretty good where you're at with the current guys on the roster and the additions that they could possibly make. I mean, lately, FIU recruiting has been some of the best. We've yeah. Seen mm-hmm. They had the number one recruiting class for football. They, they literally got Kiwan Jenkins. And then they got a couple uh, studs for basketball. So yeah, because you know, they get, they're using the eye in FIU towards their recruiting, and it's paying dividends for this team. Yeah. And I was gonna say, you know, Rich Wooden, he found guys like a Henry Wallen, a Mike Rosario, who had time in ACC in the Hurricanes, and they come here and they get full playing time. You see how they produce at, at a well, high level. I, a couple of them. I, I can I can I can definitely see you know that the portal. There's so many guys. You can you can find guys that play at an SEC school, but don't get a playing time to come here and they thrive. That's something I can see that Coach Wooden does once again. And uh, it worked this year. I, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if they find another guy offensively to, to add to this offense that has already um, is looking really, really strong. Um, yeah. It's a lot of upper class. So what, so if Rich had to choose this off season to focus more on maintaining the strength of their offense or, completely rebranding and, and upgrading their pitching rotation, what should take priority for Rich and, and, and the Panthers this offseason? I think the pitching. I think Johnny and I would both say mm-hmm. the pitching, yeah. especially the bullpen. I mean, I like the starting core they had they had this year. Tiburcio, who's probably got who's also he's also gone too, Johnny, right? He's definitely gone. Uh Tiburcio. Uh, or does he still have that year of eligibility? I'm pretty sure he's a see. graduate. I think he doesn't one year left, I think. If he has one year left, that is huge because he was, yeah. I know we, we talk about the Sandys of the rotation. I mean, you know, Sandy doesn't look too good this year, but he would be that Sandy of the yeah. rotation. You also have Kabarkas, you have Richie. I mean, those are three good starters that they've been able to I handle, th- although Richie's had his blow up starts. You were going to say something? I was going to say, though, I think FIU has a lot of long relief guys, guys that can go, you know, three or four innings of work and, and get the job done. But they don't have a ton of guys that can go five or six and give you, you know, a starting nod. That's something I think FIU will try to see next year is, is finding guys that, you know, that can be starter, get starter innings. Because, you know, I think you, we saw Coach Wooden adjusted finding guys that go four, then then goes two, and then goes through it, wrap it up. But if you have guys that can go five or six innings as a starter, that's really, really big for a rotation, especially when you have a Friday night guy, Saturday, Sunday guy. Yeah. So that's one thing to look on you know, nowadays, innings. Huh? nowadays we see in college baseball where you have guys going five, six innings. FIU hasn't been able to do that maybe in a couple occasions with Tiburcio. That's really about it. You need a guy mm-hmm. who not only is going to give you quality innings, but quantity. We need mm-hmm. They need a guy who you can count on every Friday or Saturday to come into that rotation and set the, set the tone. Go five, six innings of perfect baseball. And that's what they need right now. And they need a lights out guy, you know. They need an Andrew Walters, for example, right now for the from the Canes. That's what they need on this FIU team. And there's guys in there's obviously going to be someone in the transfer portal that is going to be lights out. And you give them a, a nice NIL, and maybe maybe you have something cooking at FIU next season with Conference USA playing out. How Conference USA is playing out, they could be a, one of the top teams. 
Is the video coming yet? You said lights out twice, so I'm already I'm already ready for the. No, 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 no. It, it has to come when you least expect. Lights out! Lights out! Trying to cue that one. In that was least time. expecting it. I'm. <laughs> that one felt a little lazy. I'm not gonna lie. All right. <laughs> All right. We 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 can do it again later. Okay. Maybe. Um. Let's so let's let's all make let's all say something about FIU baseball. What was the the best game of the season? Because I, obviously it's maybe it's a bit too early to get sentimental about the season. It's just about coming to a close. But um, if if you had to pinpoint a game this season that uh, was FIU's best and what maybe we can expect from them if they do get into the conference USA tournament, what was their best performance? For me, I think it's the the walk off winner against FGCU uh, back in mid April. Okay, hmm. I'll let you go, Johnny. There's a lot of games. There was one. There's one I had that I remember um, actually calling. It was the Marist College game, March 12, 13. Oh, I thought it was down nine nothing, nine nothing, and I, I I knew they were coming back. I knew. Because I think they scored 16 in the game before. They came back down nine nothing and they won. I think Weed at Ryan had two home runs that game. I think it was a it, it was a Tim McHugh walk off hit down the line and left. Um, that game right there was just crazy. Because I mean, they were hitting at an all time pace and uh, that that was a fun. I think that was part of their win streak before. That was the final non conference game. And, yeah, and that and, that, and that stretch from Harvard. Tamarist had had like some of the best offense I've ever seen a college baseball <laughs> uh, team produce. They were just so much, absolutely like they dropped eighteen on Harvard. Like that Co-op's is actually crazy. Co-op's it was good. a real quality college baseball game. So so what's your pick, Kevin? I'm I'm assuming we we could have a trifecta: the walk off winner against FGCU, that incredible Marist comeback win. And I think you're, and I'm going to predict you're going to say the Mercy Rule game against FAU. I was thinking that was it. a good one. I was thinking about it, but I don't think I could go that one. I have to go with the first game against Western Kentucky. That okay. was a fun game. Not only yes. did Ryan Guida get to 40 RBIs that game, he Johnny almost got water dumped on his head that game. And <laughs> Wait, what? Angel Tiburcio was so damn good that game. That was a perfect game for FIU. I was on the call with Johnny. It was Tiburcio followed by Kabarkas, who was probably throwing some of the hard, some fast balls out there. I mean, he was throwing hard that day. And then, obviously, the FIU offense killed it. So I'm going to go with that Western Kentucky game. The FIU game was what I was thinking of. The Charlotte walk-off was another good one, especially with how cool that was. But, I mean, besides that, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Western Kentucky game. Maybe the boring pick here, but it was such a team game. And I think John yeah, that was, was best to that. that was probably like the best overall game FIU has played. And Coach said it. He said that this is probably the most complete game they've played thus far. Yeah. I got to give out the, the one from this past Friday. It was a 13-4 game where FIU had three – or they had what? Four – they had a they – had a, in the third inning, they, had, they went back-to-back-to-back home runs. They had, they had a home run later. Rosario hit nearly hit a home run to dead center, but he had a triple. And they had what put up a nine runs in that inning. Um, that was that was a great game. But uh, I, I'm holding my my call to that Maris game. That was mm. that was electric. I mean, no, Sunday yeah, afternoon. That was, yeah, that was lights out. Lights out! Lights out!
How was that? That was better. That that was, that, that was significantly better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was significantly better. This time job, Johnny yeah. didn't wait for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, no news break today. We're no news. No news break. The, the only thing I have to say is uh, go to the game tomorrow. Okay, support your Panthers. It's the last home game of the season. Oh yeah, we could preview Maybe a little bit of that. Maybe there's a cool giveaway or something. Who knows? But uh, look, they they've been this close to beating Miami like twice now. That last game doesn't count. But they were close to beating the Canes uh, twice now. Okay. They can make it happen. This would absolutely be the biggest win of the season. I know we just shared our biggest wins of the season. This would be it. Okay. Mm. Number 11. Knocking off number 11 when they're trying yes, to. It would be cool. Omaha. It would be cool, Jake. But you know I you're. Well, look, you, you the know best the, win of the, year, the best win of the year would be against Rice when they make it to the Conference USA tournament. That would be cool, but we're not fortune tellers. That would be the coolest. We're not, we're not fortune tellers. We can't see that far into the future. But in any event, you know, it's the last home game of the season here at FIU. Uh, so we're, obviously we're all going to be there. If you want to say, hey, go for it. And um, should be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, yeah, so we could probably expect Pinheiro to go out there today. Tomorrow, I would assume, Johnny. Uh, I'm between would, him and Santana. Yeah, I would have – you know what, that's Santana too. Uh, I think I think I would see, I would see Pinheiro again. I mean, I know he pitched last week against the Hurricanes. I don't know. If that impacts, you know, pitching, you know, back-to-back games. I mean, it would be back, back to back because he pitched against Bethune. Well, I'm saying, I mean, I would think back-to-back appearances against the same team. Yeah, that's you know, the only that's thing too. that's a little bit sketchy. If they but, did, I could see them go Santana though. But I know Coach wants the best opportunities for him. You know, in a spot where it's not so much, you know, but it's a good opportunity. I would, I could see, I could see Joel going again. You never, you never know. You never say never. And he pitched um, well. Yeah, he was. I mean, what he's. Last five eight innings, he's pitched. No, no run, no runs. Yep. So, yeah, um, you just gotta hope that FIU could really get it going. They really kept the Canes. FIU, I believe it was it was tied until the ninth. We were expecting extra innings, and well, that happened. They yeah. scored a four in the end. So, yeah, no news break as we said. I think we're gonna move on to some football talk. There's a lot of movement going on. We're going to yeah. start pretty far back with mainly more of the recent news with a couple of former FIU players moving to different teams. We won't get too much into that. First of all, Lindell Hudson, Shamar, Shamar Hobby Lee, both of them are gone. Those guys were starting offensive line, and that's a huge loss for FIU. Shamar goes to Houston, and then Lindell Hudson was a little weird. He committed to USF, and like not even a week later, a source told me that He's going to go visit the the Gators, the University of Florida Gators. And that source told me that he's going in there and he's probably going to commit. And, well, he, in fact, did. He committed to play for the, the Gators, and that move happened there. And then Demetrius Hill, <laughs> safety, All-American, I believe, or All-Freshman is what it was. And he earned another award, very prestigious award for FIU. He, um, he leaves and he goes to Illinois. So, Johnny mm-hmm. just – your overall thoughts and all the movement that's been going on. A couple a new quarterback has entered, Chaden Peary is, I think, the last name. Mm-hmm. Um, Darian Polk has entered to kind of help out that defense. A couple, another offensive lineman has entered the, the, the you know the building. So a lot of move for FIU. Um, bringing a new quarterback, obviously, to replace um, who? What's his name? Armani Brooks, Armani or Jones. Jones, Jesus, that always happens. Oh my God. <laughs> Johnny calls me out for it too every single time. 
<laughs> Armani Jones, he gets injured. He's out for the year. It's Achilles, I believe. And you bring in Chaden Peary, who's just probably going to be a nice fourth string, maybe even a possible backup that can help the team out. But, Johnny, just your thoughts on all the movement and still more to be seen, obviously. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the world's transfer, transfer portal now. Um, but, uh, you know, the, you know, obviously with the moves of Lindell Hudson, Demetrius Hill, um, you know, guys that, look, you know, it's 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 tough when you're in, at FIU and Conference USA and, you know, guys that they feel like they have the opportunity to develop and go to another level. And, you know, um, Demetrius Hill does. He moves up. At, I mean, he had a tremendous year for FIU and feels, you know, maybe he's proven himself enough. He goes up to another level as well as Lindell Hudson and, um, you know, it's best for them going along, and I know they all have aspirations going to the NFL, and uh, we hope that happens for them. They were great for FIU. Hopefully, they'll do the same for for their respective teams. But um, it's just tough when you're um here. But also with that, it opens spots up. So you said about Ladarian Polk, who comes from Memphis. Um, I I don't know exactly. I think he may me would have been under head coach Mike McIntyre when he was there, but uh, he has experience in the in the Atlantic America conference. And then you bring a guy in Chayden Peary, who you said is another option um, in that quarterback room that does not have um, Mark Jones because of injury. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's opportunities for, for new guys to come in, but tough when, you know, the, you're, you sit in, G, in, you know, G5 and you can't get guys, you can't get guys because, you know, guys want to develop and get better. And we've seen that, you know, very busy in the, mm-hmm. the off season. And now here after spring practice. And the only other move I wanted to quickly mention is that A.J. Brathwaite, who had originally oh, committed yeah. to play for FIU, he actually flipped his commitment to go play for Arkansas in the SEC. So it just shows the type of player that FIU <laughs> had under that commitment. And FIU revenge game against Arkansas later this year. Dude, that's oh, you're right. Yeah, I'll be I'll be up there in Arkansas. So damn. Okay, yeah. Kevin. Yeah, just a little miles under his belt. But I will say the most It'll be a lot of miles. It'll be a lot. Yeah, of miles. The, the most frustrating shakeup was definitely at the offensive line, and I guarantee you this absolutely frustrates the hell out, out of out of um our good friend and guest on the show Grayson James because he himself mentioned it and we've mentioned it for a while now this FIU team has never has not had a stable offensive line <laughs> in years in years upon years upon years and again just to see another shakeup like this as we're getting ready for the for week 0 that's which i is only a, a few months away now like we're we're getting closer and closer and closer to that first game and to all of a sudden have these questions about who's going to be the starters for the offensive line uh, this soon. Now it's, it, it's disappointing because that's been probably the biggest, what if uh, position group for this FIU team as a whole, not just offense, but this team for, for, for years. And I will say, I, I do like some of the n- new players they've brought in Um uh, Ladarian Polk, the uh, the corner from uh, how do you say it? Apopka, Florida? He looks he looks really good, right? I, I I like his stats. Um, his overall persona looks pretty cool, right? And I will say, Shaden Peary, I believe that's how you say it. That is that is a wild card, wild card. Throw it onto the table and see what happens. Kind of move there because I, we, I I'm sure we all we all thought we we all thought we knew what we knew about the quarterback room. For FIU, we all thought we knew what we would expect 
come week zero. But to have a shakeup like this, it's going to be interesting to see now who uh, who comes out on top for that starting position for week zero. Because I, I still think it's very much up in the air. You really do? It's pretty yeah. obvious who it is. It's Grayson James. It's going to be Grayson James, I think. I, I feel confident in Grayson. But like I this. can't say it's 100% though. I, you just can't rule out that someone is going to blow Mike McIntyre's mind before week zero and make him go like, wow, this quarterback we brought in, he looks he looks lights out today in practice. Lights out! Lights out! I wanted to say, I wanted to say, like, there's no quarterback that has shown me anything that Grayson hasn't been able to do. And I think mm-hmm. Johnny can attest to this. And this is what and when I was talking to Eric Henry, who no longer is a FIU beat writer, but when he was there, shout out he, Eric. He, yeah, shout out Eric. He cut out spring ball. He he was telling me that it's gonna be Grayson. He thinks it'll be Grayson. I mean, there's none none of the guys below Grayson have shown anything that has really stood out that Grayson can't do right now. And I think Grayson with a healthy a healthy offensive line, healthy wide receiver core. He's going to have a good season. He's probably, I mean, one of the better co- quarterbacks in Conference USA. And you could argue that he may be one of the best quarterbacks in Conference USA right now. And, you know, the only thing that maybe is better about one of the backups, and that's Hayden Carlson. Hayden Carlson really could move, could extend plays with his legs. He could get to that first down on his own. We see, we saw it a lot during spring ball. Armani Jones looked really good during spring. I think he would have had a chance to get some playing time. Then Chaden Peary, who is a Juco product, went to Georgia Tech, didn't get any action there. That's a true wild card. Uh, I hope to talk to him soon. We'll see when that happens. But once I do, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of find out what we could get from Chaden Peary. I think he'll get some playing time for sure for, for FIU. Hmm. Kevin, I I, I got to ask you, you have to give us the scoop. Who are the sources? Because you, you, you got me all riled up now being like, oh, I I, I, I have sources. And I've got, wow, don't don't tell me it's Jonathan Mayer in, in disguise. Nope, not telling it, you it, it, it's Monathan, It's Monathan Jair, mm-hmm. given, the, given the sources to Kevin. Source is not telling. I cannot reveal a source. Mm-hmm. That, is a, that is an unwritten rule of media journalism. Okay. So, by the way, anything um, else we want to add? Like positions you guys think that they should still add on to? I think obviously you kind of have to look at that safety spot that Dimitri Soli is behind. You kind of have to see who you fill it up with. Obviously, there's still a couple, you know, offensive line, a huge position you have to look towards too. So, Jake, just what are you looking at right now? Um, like I said earlier, it's it, it's coming down to um offensive line because my my confidence in the offense at this point really relies on how confident i feel in the starters come day one but definitely it's um if i couldn't pick off uh offensive line i would say fiu secondary because it's probably um it was probably the most hurt by uh, by injuries as well as the transfer portal um uh, for fiu and I think they've done a good job finding solid-looking replacements, but obviously, looking as much is is not as telling of if the player is good or not as actual work that he puts in. So, I'll say the secondary is probably the most interesting position outside from offensive line for FIU at the moment. And then, of course, you can you can dive into the weapons at hand for Grayson in the quarterback room with the uh, wide receivers and tight ends because 
again, a lot of fresh faces there um, with some with some veterans of the team just all of a sudden gone. It's going to be interesting to see who steps up and becomes that next guy. Who will be him when it comes to the wide receiver and tight end group? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a Dean Patterson stan, so I'm going with my guy Dean. I think I'll have a big year, Jalen Bracey. Uh, tight ends. Josiah Neiman, obviously, I think with his size, you got to be excited about what he can bring. Um, you know, obviously, my thing is I'm interested to see about the, the linebacker core. That one I'm excited to see. You know, with Donovan Manuel back, uh, Elijah Anderson-Taylor, who was one of the best um, FCS defensive linemen, and he comes here to FIU and is going to bring that, you know, that quality of a player to FIU. So I'm excited to see that. Um, I think linebacker horror is also even Sean Peterson Jr. Shout yeah. out, to, um, you know, Sean P in his sixth year. He's someone that I think he can be a stud considering that, it was his first year playing linebacker after playing what four years running back, and he had like four or five tack sacks or He's something. Really like that. Up. Yeah. He was yeah. really bulked up. Yeah, he was really had a high high uh, a PFF grade at linebacker. So he's already coming to year two. I mean, this guy can really be you know standing out. So the linebacker core, and uh, I think yeah, the running back as well. You gotta forget, you know, obviously unfortunate with no flex, but it opens up more opportunities for young guys. Tamari Lawrence, who was likely to be the starter. Week one, he's a big, big power running back. And then down the line, you know, Antonio Patterson, he's on Owens. You know, young guys that you want to see if they can prove their name and see if they can be, you know, part of the future mm-hmm. of uh, FIU football. Um, so a lot of a lot of names, but it's tough to lose guys via the portal injury. But at the same time, it opens up opportunities to see if guys that you recruit can come in, can, can kind of, you know, showcase their talent, you know, right out of the gates. Yep. Yeah. So, without, by the way, this is going to be the first time in a while um, for this FIU football team that I actually feel confident in in, in the coaching staff. Um, Kevin, you weren't around, but but those last couple of years for the for the Butch Davis era at FIU, I really had my concerns going into the season, being like, "All right, well, is 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 Butch Davis finally going to return FIU back to the bold days of of, of the past when he?" first joined FIU and we all thought he was going to be the next great uh, FIU coach. But aside from that, yeah, um, re- really like the direction McIntyre has taken this team. He's had to go through hell and back to, to fix this roster from the ground up and then to see a ton of players get injured or go to the transfer portal and find the next big guys. I think just from a, um, not just from, from a journalist standpoint, but also just like watching the moves flow in on, on social media and how they present it. To the fans, I like what I'm seeing from from Coach uh, from Coach McIntyre, and uh, I definitely have to make it to that Fort Lauderdale um, pause up tour meetup that they're doing. Yep. <laughs> when is that? That I know it's at the Funky Buddha, but what day? Is it's it? uh, Wednesday. 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 Yeah. All right. Are, are we all gonna have a meetup there at the Funky Buddha? Mm. I actually have my orientation on Wednesday, so. Oh, boo. You don't need an orientation. Come yeah, on. I, I mean, what? what I got to get my Panther one card, man. Ah, ooh, the one card. That's a big, that's that's a right. big deal. That's I, I big actually deal. forgot about that. Yeah, you big get deal. an orientation. I could finally start getting the giveaways at FIU Baseball. Not, not to mention the free the free shirt, the free FIU shirt you get at orientation. Oh, yeah? Oh, oh no, that, that oh, was a yeah, leak. The, the that was an shirt. inside scoop there. I, I was supposed to say that. Sorry, I, when I was when I did orientation in like my my freshman year, it was during COVID, and so they had Shopify. You they had a Kahoot, 
And so I was, I was, I knew my FIU history, so I won 30 bucks worth of Starbucks from this Kahoot. <laughs> they had a Kahoot for FIU? Yeah, yeah about FIU, about there, they said, what, what, it would be like, what restaurant is not an FIU campus? And, you know, uh, they would give out all their options. Even though Papa John's sure. was the wrong one. I got it right. You know, I think I was second place. I won 30 bucks worth of Starbucks. I think Papa first. John's used to be on campus. Oh, it used to, I think really? it used to be around PG5, like a decade ago. That would be kind of, I mean, off topic, I would love a nice Papa John's. I want a Flanagan's on campus. That'd How cool dope. would that be? Free before the game, you go to Flan. Flan. They do, they, they do have a Chili's. They do have a Chili's, which is. Mm, I'll say Chili's is a little. It's a little. Chili's. I'd rather have a Flanagan's than a Chili's. They, you know. Duh. Ninety-nine. No, no, yeah, I'd rather have a Flanagan's. If if you if you were to do a survey, right, and ask everybody who lives on campus, or not even who just goes to FIU. Uh, what will be more appealing to you after a long, hard day in the classroom or like before a football game? Chili's or Flanagan's? Like, imagine a blue and gold Flanagan's cup. Do you know how hard that would go? How hard that would be, dude? Come on. You would ruin the brand. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, have the pink cups I like. Yeah, they have the pink cups. Those are nice. What's up for breast cancer? Yeah. Is that for breast cancer awareness? Yeah, yes. it is. It is. It is. Yep. Not to be that guy, but I kind of assumed. All right, so anything else before we uh, wrap it up? Well, Kevin, do your sources have any info about those Vice uniforms? I'm, st I'm still holding out for seeing those. Come on, Kevin. My source was a UF source, bro. It wasn't a... Oh, oh. Well, come on, dude. Okay. Well. But anyways, anything else? Um, uh, I'll I, shout now's out your shout time out. to plug everything now. Now's your time to plug whatever you want, talk about whatever you want. Now's your time. I'll say shout out FIE Track and Field. They're in the, the championships. I think they wrapped up the Compass championships, and they, a lot of them won different awards. I know uh, Philippa Miller, who was a pole vaulter for FIU, I think she broke a, a new record in conference. Who um, Obviously, we know that Billy Gill was a pole vaulter. Pole vaulter. Shout so, out uh, Billy. Shout out Billy Gill, and shout out Philippa Miller, who uh, – is, is doing big things with this, you know, FI track and field that is obviously um, has a lot of a lot of really talented. Um, yeah, I believe it was. I believe it was. Was it Adrian who did an article on on Philippa Miller oh, during? Paula. Uh, Shout out Paula. Oh yeah, Paula. Paula. Shout out Paula, Paula who did Silva. who did who interviewed uh, Philippa and did an awesome um, article on it, a la the style of of, of Johnny's goaded Tyrese Chambers article. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, uh, I, I will say, um, and, and again, Kevin and I have said this uh, in the past, but we have some awesome stuff planned for the future of the Pause Up podcast as we approach season two. And, um, well, I, I, I'm not rocking the, uh, the, the Tua jersey for nothing, right? You know, you talk a little Dolphins, you know, there's been a lot of Dolphins news, right, as, as of late. And and, and I also want to talk about Isaiah Win. <laughs> I mean, look, any help to the offensive line is granted. I don't think he's going to be a starter, but if he can be a a nice a nice uh, role player or not a role player, a, a reserve player for the line in case someone goes down. And as much as I love Teron Armstead, but you know he's he's known to going down quite a bit. Okay, so. I, I would like to uh, quickly take a glance at the at the regular season schedule because there was some fire matchups there. Um, 
starting off week one at SoFi Stadium. That's that's starting off on the West Coast for a for a Miami team. That's kind of rough. But it is yeah, the rematch right. of, of Tua and Herbert. So that's that that's already a pretty cool storyline there. Yeah. And then and then you go on the road to New England for a Sunday night game. And Johnny, what's so funny? Nothing. I'm just saying. I'm ex- I honestly thought they're going you know, what 17 and 0. So oh, they're going know. 17. Okay, yeah. I don't know why. I don't that would be the first thing you would say about <laughs> Dolphins okay. winning every game, going to the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Second time we're going to be uh, undefeated. But this this schedule, like no joke though, it's rough. Like the opponents Miami plays are like, golly, I think I did the math and it's like Miami is playing, I believe, eight or seven playoff teams from last year are in the schedule, including the NFC champions in Philadelphia and the Super Bowl champions in Kansas City. Okay. So this is going to be no easy road for Miami. I know, I know, I know last year the Dolphins got a lot of criticism. Oh, they got on that winning streak, but they played a bunch of the lower ranked teams. That's not going to happen this year, right? I think the worst teams Miami is going to play is like Denver and Carolina. And even though even those two teams have some have some potential, right? Yeah, you, ha- you have Russ cooking for Denver, and then you have Bryce Young, who could be good with Carolina. Okay, but some but anyway, some notable games. The Sunday night game in Week Two against New England. That is the Patriots will be coming off their home opener, in which they celebrated Tom Brady for one <laughs> last time. So I don't know, maybe they'll have some momentum, but. Uh, all of a sudden, a primetime game for week two for the Dolphins is kind of crazy. And then moving forward, uh, there is a stretch where Miami plays pretty much just NFC teams. They play the Giants and the Panthers both at home. Then they have to go on the road to take on Philadelphia. That is a crazy matchup. All of a sudden, you have to go to Lincoln Financial and, and fight and fight the Eagles. That's going to be a dogfight. We're winning. Don't worry, we're winning. 48-14. Okay. Johnny, look, you you, you sound as optimistic as you used to do uh, when you worked for Panther Now talking about baseball, okay? All right? Just relax, Johnny. Anyway, after a Patriots game, then they they take on Kansas City and Germany. And I got to say, the fact that the Tyree Kill reunion with Kansas City is not at Arrowhead is, like, shocking. Like, the fact that it's going to be in Germany is crazy. Shall we wrap this up? <laughs> I'm not in the mood to talk Dolphins schedule, bro. Why? <laughs> Wait, okay, if we're gonna talk. Let's talk Keaton Panthers or two. Okay, well, fa- fair. I let's mean, go, go, so, we got two me, teams. Or, or, fine, just give me uh, Heat and six. Give me Panthers and also six. Sorry, you know, Heat and five, Panthers and four. There we go. That's better. <laughs> Jonathan go. Mayer. My God. Boston's not that good. Boston, uh, no. he, he, well, he will, he will, he will win. He, he are good. All right, all right, Kevin, wrap us up. All righty. So, from Jake, from Johnny, myself, we'll be back. We'll be back next week, Tuesday. So this was a weird scheduling just because of the game. Yeah, we'll be back Tuesday, every Tuesday moving forward. So we'll see you guys next week. Make sure to say hi if you see us at the ballpark tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And uh, as always, pause up. Pause up.